all, this is typical getting a girl pregnant. Only a man would do a thing like that. Rest in peace, Suzanne Summers. An anthology about the bad, the short-lived, and the forgotten shows and events in television history. This is It Was a Thing on TV. Before I change my mind! I give you Super Train! Episode 419, submission number 797. Child's Play. Child's Play aired on CBS Daytime from September 20th, 1982 to September 16th, 1983 for 258 episodes. That's an amazing 242 more episodes than Uncle Croc's Block, the Hudson Brothers Razzle Dazzle Show, J.J. Starbuck, Schooled, the number of aired episodes of Salvage One, and we did a little bit of research, and we found another show that we've covered that fits that bill, and Misfits of Science. And, and I did this, and Greg and Chico can verify this, Wednesday night, I went through Wikipedia, uh, 53 years of schedules to come up with every show that might be on our list, which had 16 episodes. And I came up with a pretty amazing list. I don't know if I should spoil it. Nah, don't spoil it. Nah, they don't deserve it. I'm sorry, folks. You don't deserve it at this point. But there's some names that we're going to cover in the future. So how many total episodes was this show? 258. Okay, so it's... 258. 258 divided by 16. So it's 16 crock blocks. And one-eighth of a crock block. 16 and 1 8th crock blocks. Yes, 16.125. Crock blocks. Greg knows how to use his calculator on Windows. It's my iPhone, silly. Whatever. You know how to use a calculator. Good for you. All right, theme music. This is Michael, age 7. This is Candace, age 8. This is Christopher, age seven and a half. These children and others like them will try to make you understand what they're talking about on Child's Play. And here is the host of Child's Play, Bill Cullen. Hi there. Hey, thank you. Oh. <laughs> oh, I thank you all very kindly. You're marvelous, and welcome to Child's Play. Few television partnerships have lasted longer or had a more profound legacy than that of Mark Goodson and Bill Todman. From the early days of radio to the birth of television, it seemed like the perfect match. Goodson was the creative, and Todman handled the business end. But in the summer of 1979, on the heels of a renaissance that saw the birth of Family Feud and Card Sharks, and the rebirth of The Match Game, The Price is Right, and Password, that legacy would be tested like never before. 
Bill Todman died on July 29, 1979, two days before his 63rd birthday, which left Mark Goodson to handle both the creative and executive direction of the company. In the early 1980s, Goodson made a move to acquire Todman's share of the company from his heirs, Lisa and Bill Jr. Who here has seen Wild Wild West? I've never seen it, but I know about it. I've never seen it. Don't really know much about it. Bill Todman Jr. was a producer on Wild Wild West. Okay, after this podcast for our listeners, when you are done, type into YouTube, Kevin Smith, John Peters, Superman Returns. That's all I'm going to say. If you know, you know. From the fall of 1982, anything made by the production would be billed as simply a Mark Goodson television production. The first such show was Child's Play, a gamified version of Arc Linkletter's Kids Say the Darndest Things. And who did they get to host Child's Play? Well, that's a stupid question. Gene Wood said so. At the top of the show, we got Bill Cullen, the master, the legend. Seriously, what hasn't been said about Bill Cullen over the years? Well, back in 2020, we did do the Bill Cullen Centennial, covering three of his shows in the past. I think we did Winning Streak, The Love Experts, and what the heck was the third one? Pass the buck. Oh, pass the buck. Yeah, I can't forget about pass the buck, even though I just did. It was a very forgettable program, Greg. But that theme music. So, Bill Cullen, he's the guy from the 50s to the 80s that you would call to host a game show when you cannot possibly think of anybody else to call. This is a fact. Hosted more game shows than anybody in history. But then again, you probably already know that. What you probably don't know, or at least don't remember, was that this was Bill Cullen's final project for Mark Goodson. And also his final project for CBS. That's right, because after this, he'd go on to... What was that, Johnny? It was hard for Turtle, you son of a bitch. Johnny, you have to watch yourself. Not before he did a week of Match Game Hollywood Squares. From hard for Turtle, Bill Cullen. But yeah, this was basically Bill Cullen at his top form. Getting along with both adults and kids... And, of course, making light fun of himself in the process. Because, let's face it, that's what Bill Cullen is good at. He is the master of self-deprecating humor. So how is Child's Play played? Well, Child's Play is played with a video library of kids from all across the country defining common words, people, places, Things, ideas. 
And it's up to two players to try and guess what they're talking about. On the show, the panel of kids, they are aged five to nine. So you're talking about kindergarten to third grade, right? I think it was a little closer to maybe like first grade, maybe second grade to maybe about fourth. I think we're looking at the age range of about like seven to ten i don't think they had kids younger than seven and i'm pretty sure they didn't have anybody older than ten so in the first round we play i want to say six definitions a word was given to the audience but not to the players because they would watch up to three kids try and define a word. For example, let's just say I am a nine-year-old Chico. I already have the library background, as you can see. And the word was podcast. And I'd be like, well, it's uh, it's like this thing that your dad does with people on the internet and and the, he talks into a thing, and they talk about absolutely nothing at all. And you're you're wondering what they what they do with it, and what they're talking about. And then they release it on the internet, and for some reason, people on the internet give them money. Money. <laughs> if a child said any form of the word or any sort of incriminating clue that would lead to the word the audio was censored and a sort of sticker was placed over the mouth of the kid once the clip ended the contestant has a chance to guess the word if you're right you win a point if you're wrong you get another clip for your opponent. And that continues for some time until the second commercial break because after the first word is the first commercial break and Bill Cullen says, we play to the school bell and whoever has the most points at the end of the game wins $500 and goes on to play for 5000 He makes it absolutely clear that those are the rules. The champion always leads off every game, and control alternates between the two contestants on each new word until the round ended at the second commercial break. Second round is called fast play, where each contestant would be racing to the buzzer on a single word at a time and a single clip at a time. Either contestant can stop the playback by hitting the button in front of them to guess the word. If they are correct, they earn the points for that word. Now, in the first three episodes, Fast Play was played in two halves. Each half ended with the bell. Correct answers were worth one point at the first half and two in the second. After those three episodes, they decided that they are going to play each word for two points. If you buzz in and miss, your opponent gets to hear the entire clip. 
and the round continues until a school bell rang. Player in the lead wins $500 and goes on to the bonus round called Triple Play. Well, it was originally called Triple Play. We'll get to that. Because the bonus round was in two formats. The first format was called Triple Play, where the player had to guess words based on up to three definitions written by up to three children, identified only as A, B, or C. For this, they called it usually the ABC game. Once the champion selected the child, the corresponding definition would be displayed on a screen after which he or she could either guess or select another child. If the champion is unable to identify the word after hearing all three definitions, it was thrown out of play and we go on with a new word. The object was to get six words before 45 seconds elapsed. If you did that, you won $5,000. This is in addition to the $500 you won previously. So, because champions are only allowed five games, you could win a total of $27,500 and retire undefeated. Theoretically. However, if you run out of time, you still get $100 for every word you guessed correctly. This continued until the April 25th, 1983 episode, in which we had an endgame similar to, but legally distinct from, Pyramid, called Turnabout. Did this one star John Shuck? Did it have Sharon Gless? Was there an idol involved that changed people's genders? Did Sharon Gless smoke a cigar at one point? No, no, maybe, and no. (laughs) So Turnabout was played with the champion and a panel of five kids who, up until that time, you only saw on videotape. Now... They're on stage, on a panel, trying to guess what you're trying to convey to them. The champion has to describe seven words, addressing one child at a time, in sequence. They're displayed on a tiny screen, a tiny screen, above the panel. And they're also displayed at home. Each correctly conveyed word wins $100 plus $100 to be split equally among the children. You know, it makes me wish that Donald Frey didn't host the show to teach the kids about tiny classified ads. Tiny classified ads for tiny people like yourselves. Tiny human beings talking about tiny words. For a tiny amount of money. (laughs) The player can pass at any time. And that's important because they only got 45 seconds to guess six of the words. If they gave an illegal clue, the word is thrown out of play and they go on to the next word. If the kids guess all seven, I said six, I meant seven. If the children guessed all seven words before time ran out, the bonus round winnings for them and the champion were increased to 
1000 for the kids, split equally, and 5000 for the champion. And that's basically Child's Play in a Nutshell. The show aired as part of CBS's resurgent game show lineup from September 20th, 1982 at 10.30, right before The Price is Right, and right after the new $25,000 pyramid. It replaced reruns of Alice at the time. Yeah, but do you know what got replaced? We're getting to that, you little demon. Hey, wait your turn. We will get to you. Yeah, we haven't talked about the kids that appeared on this show yet. Yes. So you're saving the best for last. Okay. <laughs> so, Hold yeah. on. Hold on. Whammy. I gotta be really happy that you're back this season for another year of Brush Your Love. It's good to be back. I wish I would have gotten more money on Tuesday. And thank you for your contribution, Greg. Your silence is deafening. <laughs> Sorry, Whammy. So what did it go up against? On ABC, we had local programming. So whatever the affiliates were uh, programming at 1030 could be anything from Richard Simmons to Gary Collins's Our Magazine. <laughs> but on NBC, it wasn't enough that it went up against Wheel of Fortune to start. Later that winter, NBC brought back Sale of the Century. Oh. I don't need to tell you how that ended up. So wait, this went up against Sally Julian. By the way, we did talk about this on a previous entry on It Was a Thing on TV, January 3rd, 1983, in Game Shows. Look it up. Sale of the Century, Wheel of Fortune, Hitman, and Just Men. We didn't talk about Wheel of Fortune, you asshole. We talked about Plinko's debut. Yeah, we did talk about Plinko's debut. We did not talk about Wheel of Fortune. But Wheel of Fortune did move to 11 o'clock. Obviously, the format was absolutely repetitive at best, but it's what made the show work. The kids made the show work, and some of the kids are actually doing quite well for themselves. Our first kid panel that went on to bigger and better things would be a kid by the name of Brecken Meyer. Let's take a look and see what he has to define here. This time it's Brecken Meyer. Brecken Meyer, please, sir. Uh, it's something that dogs wear. Quick. Leash. No. Incorrect. The rest of the description is all yours. Listen to Brecken. Here it comes, Susan. To keep, um, fleas off sometimes. And... They put it around their necks, and cats wear them too sometimes. And that's about all I know about them. So, all you need to know, Brecken, what do you think it is? Collar. Collar's the right answer, Susan. You have the lead eight to seven. So that's one of the big names that came from this show. Here's another one. Kid by the name of Tara Reed. 
word will be described, a brand new word, remember, by a seven-year-old from New Jersey. Her name is Tara Reed. Tara, please. I ask people how they feel about being movie stars. And so they said, fine. I love being movie stars. It's very fun to be on TV. And then I, and I said, I'll give you a piece of paper and I'll write my name on it and you can keep it how famous I ever get. And then they were like, I didn't ask her that. Well, that's life, Tara. Anybody know what she was talking about, by the way? Your guess is as good as mine. It was an autograph, obviously. Another famous face that came from this show, probably better known for his stomach than his face, it's actually Adam Richman. And before Man vs. Food, and before his dramatic weight loss, he was just a third grader from New York. It should be noted that this is during the turnabout era of Child's Play. Come on in here, kids. There they go. Or here they come. Hello, bunch. We are happy. Are they a good-looking group? I hope they do well for you. We will now have the children introduce themselves. Old friend of ours, Eileen, start off. Hi, I'm Eileen Suryako. I'm eight years old, and I come from Los Angeles, California. And we're very happy to have you here. You've been with us since the very beginning of our show. What do you What do you do, or what are you going to do with the money you've won, Eileen? Well, I think I'll buy my sister a Ferrari since my mom won't buy her one. Oh, that's awfully nice of you to take care of your underprivileged sister like that, Eileen. Yeah, and maybe I'll. <laughs> Spend some money on college. On college, that's a good idea. Do that before the other. Let, let's have you introduce yourself, please, Adam. Hi, my name is Adam Richmond. I'm, I'm in third grade, and I'm from New York City. Okay, Brian. Hello, my name is Brian Milch. I'm seven and a half years old, and I live in Brooklyn, New York. And Jason? Hi, Mr. Cullen. Hello. I'm Jason Telford. I I'm in the third grade, and I live in Van Nuys, California. And by golly, it's uh, Haley Finn. Haley. Colin. I'm Haley Finn. I'm from, New I'm from New York City and I'm in third grade. And we welcome you all. Happy to have you with us. They're going to be your helpers and they're going to do a good job. We're going to show you, Teresa, seven words one at a time. As you know, you have to define them so that these children will say the word. If you get stuck, you pass and then we'll come back to that word if there's time. We pay you $100 a word. If you get them all, all seven, you win 5000 the children will divide $100 for each right word, and if you get all seven, they are going to split 1000 I have a total of 45 seconds on the clock. You're going to begin with Eileen here, first off, and you begin describing the moment you see that first word. Good luck any time now. Okay, this is um, the Liberty. It has a crack Statue in it. That's a Liberty. Um, it has a crack in it. It rings. You can ring it. Um, Pass. Um, Adam, next word. This is the thing that the bird sits on to lay its yes. eggs. Right. Next word, Brian. Um, this is um, something that you do in a swimming pool off of a board. Swim. You do it off of Dive. a board. Next right. word, okay. Jason. Uh, this is um, right here. It's my back. My ah. back. Right. Next word, Haley. Um, this is when you don't feel like doing anything. You just want to lay out Boy. in the sun. You're when you don't want to do Lazy. anything. Right. Next word, Eileen. Um, this is where you, what you cook on. It, it has a burner, and you put pots Still. and pans on it. Right. Next word, Adam. Uh, this is... Um, um, it grows up the side of a building. It's green. Uh, Take a algae. look at that word. Take a look at um, that word. Keep going. Um, this. 
This is this is the um. Pass that word. Okay, okay. Here we go. I know what happened to you, and I've I seen it happen ID. before. You. I looked at it. Now let me tell you what happened. The word we were looking for there. What if I? Well, it doesn't matter what the clue would be because you saw that as ivy. Right. Ivy. Why it was really ivory. I V U R Y. Because when you said it grows up the side of a building, I thought, what a crazy building yeah. that one. <laughs> and I do want to add something about Adam Richmond. You know how we've had the occasional mention of that person had a card in Americana? Yeah. I think we're going to do a new segment starting now because guess what? Adam Richmond had a card in Allen and Ginter. Wow. That's Topps' baseball series. Well, you heard the box break I did about two weeks ago. It's the box break that has baseball but also has different celebrities. And if we want to do another little tie-in with Man vs. Food... The most recent host of Man vs. Food, Casey Webb, had a card in this year's Allen and Ginter. We all are kids of the 80s. We love the Goonies, especially the video game on the NES. Here's Chunk, Jeff Cohen, describing a word. I really hope he has to describe the truffle shuffle. Oh, just play the clip. Well, you, the voice you hear will be one of our interviewers here, but you listen to, there he is, old two-peaked cap himself again, Jeff McMahon, eight years old, talking about the same word. Okay, Jeff. Oh, is this a word? Oh, you go roll. Okay. Roll them. Roll them. Uh, it's like when somebody has a special kind of accent or something, like Humphrey Bogart talks with a... And... Mae West always go, ah. like I can do um, Alfred Hitchcock. This is a good one. I just made it up. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Oops Oops Presents. We will scare the whoopee out of you. Very good. When did you start learning to do that? Alfred Hitchcock? Today. <laughs> Jeff McMahon. He just learned how to do it today, didn't he? And we should say the word was impersonate. In case anybody was thinking it was like accent or something like that. Okay, guys. I figure now I should make a correction to something I said two weeks ago. Okay, remember when I said back in Together We Stand that Data was responsible for knocking the statue of Mikey and Bram's mother's David statue and the penis coming off? Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, it turns out that it was not Data who was responsible. You see, Chunk saved the statue of David and then he stupidly knocked it down, causing the penis to fall off the statue. Oh, jeez. Really? So it's so it's all Chunk's fault that the penis on the statue broke. Uh, because, of course, it would be Chunk's fault, wouldn't it? Before she was all that, she was just there. Six or seven-year-old Lori Beth Denberg. And I do not know what she's defining here, but let's take a listen. Word Lori Denberg has it. Lori, dear. 
It has two bumps on its back. Camel. Camel's right, you pick up two. Ready to interrupt Lori Denberg. Lori. They come in green and purple, and they're a fruit. And What do you think, Louise? Grapes. Grapes is the right answer. You get it again. Here is Lori Denberg with the next one, Lori. He was a person who built a, a, a large ark. Anne-Marie. Time is up. Okay, now the rest of the description goes to you, Lynn. Hear it out, Lori Denberg, please, ma'am. That he put animals in. And it started to rain. And so God made the ark move. What do you think, Lynn? Noah. Noah, right answer. You're ahead now. Now, there was a bit of a bonus there if you were paying attention, Mike, Greg. Did you notice who was sitting in the champion seat on one of those clips? Oh, I was going to mention her. If that's who I think it is. The video is kind of blurry. Anne-Marie Johnson. Oh! From In the Heat of the Night, among other things. But also... Because, of course, I need to tie it in with this show since I do like every week. She was on a week of the New Liars Club in 1988. No, it was Ooh. not the week. No, no, it was not the week where John Barber's kids favorite character from John Barber's kids favorite show was on. No, oh, no. not that week. I think we determined that it was Allison LaPlaca was the female on that panel that week. I didn't think we'd work in a reference to the new Liars Club this week, but Mike sure did. Every week I'm going to work in a reference to the new Liars Club if I can. So among the other former kids who went on to bigger and better things, we have Michael Morona from The Adventures of Pete and Pete, played Big Pete. You remember him. Devin Rattray, Buzz from Home Alone. Masi Oka from both uh, Heroes and Hawaii Five O. So wait, we've had two people from Home Alone on this show. Oh yeah, that's right. Michael Morona was also in Home Alone. I keep forgetting that. But one face who was not as known as the others, although he did make his presence known whenever he showed up. Bill Cullen actually had a nickname for him, the Demon Describer, Sasha Segan. And whenever he showed up, you knew you were in for gold. Because he couldn't be more than seven or eight, but he talked like he was Bill Cullen's age. Get ready, both of you. Here's a short one with Sasha Segan. Large city is the capital of Russia. Karen. Moscow. Moscow, of course. You lead the game 14 to 4. You know what Sasha Segan is doing right now, guys? He is a technical expert for PC Magazine. And I'm going to relay a story that Sasha Segan actually mentioned on a podcast the podcast run by a friend of this podcast run by Christian Carrion called tell us about yourself, where he interviews former contestants. 
Sasha Segan's not a contestant per se, but he mentioned that he never got a chance to see himself on child's play because I believe he was living on the East coast at that point. And as Chico mentioned earlier, it aired at 10 30 in the morning. And he brought this to Mark Goodson's attention and Mark Goodson actually bought him and his family a VCR and tapes and shipped it to his house so he could see his performances on child's play free of charge. Wow. Mark Goodson. What a nice guy. And I believe Sasha Segan actually mentioned he still has some of the tapes, but he hasn't seen them in years, but I'm sure we'll get to the broadcast history as to where it's aired uh, in the recent past a little bit later. That is pretty much the game in a nutshell. It was very simple, which was its greatest asset and also its greatest hindrance. Because watching kids define words for half an hour will get repetitive after a while. Bill Cullen always gives it his all. And this format was reportedly one of his favorites. I think he really enjoyed working with the kids, to be honest. Even though, admittedly, for much of the run, the kids were on videotape. He always played it up. He always had that bang-on reaction. That thing that we always expect from Bill Cullen to always have a nice reaction to something, whether it was live or to tape or to the players or to the panelists or to himself. This is why we love Bill Cullen, ladies and gentlemen. And also, and this is Mark Goodson talking, he's sweet, he's a great listener, he has a remarkable capacity for understanding. Unfortunately, after this show ended, their working relationship also ended. Except for that one week of the Magic Game Hollywood Squares Hour, obviously. What could they possibly replace this show with? Oh, Mr. Carter, Mr. Carter. <laughs> pick me, Whammy. pick me. Whammy. Yeah. Can I answer? Go. Yeah. Go. You're going to answer? Go. No answer. They replaced Child's Play with Blackout. Get out of here, you crazy cartoon. Okay, can I say the real answer? Yeah. Right there, baby, look at my cape. Press your luck. Yep. And that lasted considerably longer than this. And speaking of long-lasting, a longer-lasting version of Child's Play actually produced in association with Goodson, aired on ITV in the UK, not too long after this was canceled. Uh, Michael Aspel was hosting, and this version teamed celebrities with civilians. There is actually... Uh, an episode on YouTube where the players are teamed with Isla Blair and the third doctor himself, John Pertwee. Oh, nice. Wink, wink, not, not, nudge, nudge. That is not the last time we are going to talk about Doctor Who this year. It ran for four seasons on ITV, produced out of London Weekend's, tele- sorry, London Weekend television. And on September 15th, 2008, Telefutura, now Unimas, commissioned a Spanish-language version called Dame la Pista, hosted by Alessandro Rosaldo, 
known less for her body of work and more for her marriage to Eugenio Derbez. Took cues from both the UK and US versions and added around that saw players try to predict how kids would respond to survey questions. It lasted three months before it and companion show Que Dice La Gente were cancelled. Child's Play in any form has not been seen on our screens in new installments since. Although the show does currently air in Russia since the 2020 reboot, and per the extent of our research, is the only known version of the show airing currently. All of the episodes have been known to exist. Several episodes appear time to time on Buzzer and Prime Video, and episodes are available to watch for free on YouTube. We mentioned the kids. They've gone on to live their lives. Bill Cullen's definitely gone on to live his best life. He had two more shows in his record-setting repertoire before ultimately passing away into legend in 1990. So what did the trades have to say about this show? Working in the show's favor is the expected professionalism of host Bill Cullen. Prize money can get as high as 5000 but the impression gained from one viewing is that winner, and there was one, had certainly earned the money. It was perhaps one of the best of Bill Cullen's storied career, but unfortunately... CBS could not garner ratings out of it, and in 1983, Child's Play just became a thing on TV. Hey guys, I got something to end this episode! Oh, oh. really, Ghost of Johnny Olsen? What would that be? Well, you know, since we're doing Halloween this week, and of course, certainly since Child's Play bears the name of a certain horror franchise <laughs> I had ChatGPT write me a spiel for a promo spot for Chucky the Doll from Child's Play I would love to hear that okay step right up ladies and gentlemen and prepare for a spine tingling surprise it's none other than Chucky the infamous pint sized antagonist from Child's Play this isn't your ordinary doll. This is the real deal. Possessed by all the mayhem and mischief you'd expect. Chucky, the ultimate collectible for horror fans, comes complete with his menacing grin, signature overalls, and that chilling good guy's packaging. But that's not all. Order now and you'll even get the murderous mayhem accessory pack. So you can recreate your favorite scenes of terror. Imagine the shock and awe when you introduce Chucky into your collection or display him as a conversation starter. It's all in good spine-tingling fun, of course. Chucky is ready to play, and he's waiting for you. So are you brave enough to bring this diabolical doll into your world? The choice is yours, if you dare. But act quickly, supplies are limited, and you won't want to miss out on owning a piece of horror history. Chucky from Child's Play, he's a scream come true. Well done. Well, on that little shocker, remember you can always go to our website at itwasathingontv.com. You can listen to the 418 episodes that preceded this one. We got all sorts of great bonuses, including minisodes, live shows, extended versions, whole works. And also remember on all social media, 
including Instagram, Threads, Mastodon, at It Was a Thing on TV, except for Facebook, where we are on It Was a Thing on TV podcast. And we are also we're available wherever fine podcasts can be streamed. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Audible, YouTube, where I got to remind you, you got to like the channel, subscribe, hit that notification bell so you can stay informed on all future uploads as we continue with spooky season on It Was a Thing on TV. What's our next subject? I'm glad you asked, Chico. Our next subject is Susan Lucci making us an offer that we can't refuse. Wait, hold on a second. An offer we can't refuse? Yes, but be warned. You will come out of this changed. Oh. Well, I know I'm going to be changed, all right. <laughs> <laughs> We solved the mystery of the spring next time on It Was a Thing on TV. Thanks for listening. Please be kind to one another, and we will see you for the next one. Wow! And as you know, this is our final show. All I want to say is, uh, I've been in this business quite a few years, and I have never done a show that has truly been quite as much fun. The kids have been marvelous. Their parents have been understanding. Our staff has been superb. And it's, I just hate to see it go, but that's the way of television and life and ratings. Meantime, thanks to all of you ever so much. If you like kids, we'll see you. Bing.